Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. Hey, guys. You know, we we Americans have had some real tragedies along the way. Uh, we're all familiar with 9-11. Gee, we lost 3,000-some people just like that. And we've had other tragedies, the, the world wars, the sinking of the Lusitania and the Titanic, the Civil War. But did you know that the war that caused the highest percentage of casualties uh, uh, per population, it happened over a hundred, well, it was a hundred years almost to the day before the Declaration of Independence. It was called King Philip's War. Now, King Philip was an Indian chief, and uh, the Indians were pretty quiet in the 1670s. Uh, we hadn't had a big Indian uprising for a long time. A lot of the farmers didn't even have muskets anymore. They just had their, their fowling pieces, like shotguns, to put food on the table. Well, we we started out in 1620 with Jamestown, and the colonists were moving up the river, and little villages and towns were springing up all over. But we still didn't have a very big population. But as the colonists spread out, the Indians became more and more upset because they were being squeezed out of their lands. And so this King Philip, he got all upset and he started to organize the Indian tribes. And all at one time, the same instant almost, they broke loose. In a short period of time, they destroyed 12 towns. They killed thousands, thousands of the colonists. Well, the colonists <clears throat> pretty upset at that. And... They fought them for a year or so, and and they spent over a hundred thousand pounds. That's British pounds sterling. That's that's millions of dollars in today's money. And so finally, they chose a Captain Church to go out and and solve the problem, get rid of King Philip. Well, I'm going to tell you the story of King Philip's demise. He was killed by one of his own. But uh, it's important that you know we lost a lot of blood to put this country on the map. A lot of blood. Now this story is told as written by Thomas Church. He was the man in charge. So I'll just tell you his account. He soon had volunteers enough to make up the company he desired and marched through the woods until he came to Pocasset. And not seeing or hearing any of the enemy, they went over the ferry to Rhode Island to refresh themselves. The captain, with about half a dozen in his company, took horses and rid about eight miles to the island to Mr. Sanford's where they spied two horsemen coming at a great pace. Captain Church told his company that those men, by their riding, come with tidings. 
When they came up, they proved to be Major Sanford and Captain Golding, who immediately asked Captain Church what he would give to hear some news of Philip. He replied that was what he wanted. They told him they had rid hard with some hopes of overtaking him, and were now come on purpose to inform him that there were just now tidings from Mount Hope. An Indian came down from thence, where Philip's camp now was, and hallooed, and made signs to be fetched over. And being fetched over, he reported that he was fled from Philip, and told them also that Philip was now in Mount Hope Neck. Captain Church thanked them for their good news, and said he hoped by tomorrow morning to have the rogue's head. The horses that he and his company came on, standing at the door, his wife must content herself with a short visit. When such a game was ahead, they immediately mounted, set spurs to their horses, and away. <laughs> the two gentlemen who brought him tidings told him they would gladly wait upon him to see the event of his expedition. He thanked them and told them, he should be as fond of their company as any men's, and they went with him. And they were soon at Tripp's Ferry with Captain Church's company. Where the deserter was, he was a fellow of good sense and told his story handsomely. He offered Captain Church to pilot him to Philip and to help to kill him, that he might revenge his brother's death. Told him that Philip was now <clears throat> upon a little spot of upland that was in the south and of the miry swamp just at the foot of the mount, which was a spot of ground that Captain Church was well acquainted with. By that time they got over the ferry and came near the ground. Half the night was spent. The captain commands a halt, and bringing the company together, he offered Captain Golding that he should have the honor, if he would please accept of it, to beat up Philip's headquarters. He accepted the offer and had his allotted number drawn out to him and the pilot. Captain Church's instructions to him were to be very careful in his approach to the enemy and be sure not to show himself until by daylight they might see and discern their own men from the enemy. Told him also that his custom in like cases was to creep with his company on their bellies until they came as near as they could, and that as soon as the enemy discovered them, they would cry out, and that was the word for his men to fire and fall on. He directed him that when the enemy should start and take into the swamp, they should pursue with speed, every man shouting and making what noise he could for he would give orders to his ambuscade to fire on any that should come silently. Captain Church, knowing that it was Philip's custom to be foremost in the flight, <laughs> went down to the swamp and gave Captain Williams of Skituate the command of the right wing of the ambush, and placed an Englishman and an Indian together behind such shelters of trees as he could find and took care to place them at such distance that none might pass undiscovered between them. 
charge them to be careful of themselves and of hurting their friends, and to fire at any that should come silently through the swamp. But it being somewhat further through the swamp than he was aware of, he wanted his men to make up his ambuscade. Having placed what men he had, he took Major Sanford by the hand and said, Sir, I have so placed them that it is scarce possible Philip should escape them. The same moment a shot whistled over their heads, and then the noise of a gun towards Philip's camp. Captain Church at first thought it might be some gun fired by accident, but before he could speak, a whole volley followed, which was earlier than he expected. One of Philip's gang, going forth to ease himself, when he had done, he looked around him, and Captain Golding thought that the Indian looked right at him, though probably it was but his conceit. So he fired at him, and upon his firing, the whole company that were with him fired upon the company's shelter before the Indians had time to rise from their sleep, and so overshot them. But their shelter was open on that side next to the swamp, built so on purpose for the convenience of flight on occasion. They were soon in the swamp, and Philip the foremost, who... Starting at the first gun, threw his petunk and powder horn over his head, catched up his gun and ran as fast as he could scamper, without any more clothes than his small breeches and stockings, and ran directly upon two of Captain Church's ambush. They let him come fair within shot, and the Englishman's gun missed fire. He bid the Indian fire away, and he did so to the purpose, sent, sent one musket bullet through his heart, and another not above two inches from it. He fell upon his face in the mud and water with his gun under him. By this time the enemy pursued, perceived they were waylaid on the east side of the swamp and tacked short about. One of the enemy who seemed to be a great surly old fellow, hallooed with a loud voice, and he often called out, Utash! Utash! Captain Church called to his Indian, Peter, and asked him who was that that called so. He answered it was old Anawan, Philip's great captain, calling on his soldiers to stand to it and fight stoutly. Now the enemy, finding that place of the swamp, which was not ambushed, many of them made their escape in the English tracks. The man that had shot down Philip ran with all speed to Captain Church and informed him of his exploit, who commanded him to be silent about it. Let no man more know it until they had driven the swamp clean. And when they had driven the swamp through and found the enemy had escaped, or at least most of them, and the sun now up, and so the dew gone, that they could not easily track them, the whole company met together at the place where the enemy's night shelter was. And then Captain Church gave them the news of Philip's death, upon which the whole army gave three loud huzzas. 
This being on the last day of the week, the captain with his company returned to the island, tarried there until Tuesday, and then went off and ranged through all the woods to Plymouth and received their premium, which was thirty shillings per head for the enemies which they had killed or taken, instead of all wages. And Philip's head went at the same price. And then Captain Church says, Methinks it is scanty reward and poor encouragement, though it was better than what had been some time before. For the march they received four shillings and sixpence a man, which was all the reward they had except the honor of killing King Philip. This was in the latter end of August 1676. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Remember, you're learning the truth. Speak with boldness, tell your friends, and keep your powder dry.